Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our show today. I'm your host, Kim Newfeld, and the Executive Director of Bike Walk Wichita. We have an exciting episode that I hope will entertain and keep you informed. Today, Alan brings us another interview with Wichita City Council member James Clendenin. Jack shines a spotlight on an active volunteer. Amy is looking forward to the upcoming bike racing scene, and we'll chat about the impact you are making through our Bike Walk Love campaign. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. Today, we are excited to share the next in our series of interviews with Wichita City Council members and local decision makers. We love learning more about them, how they're working really to make ICT better, and really what their views are on biking, walking, and active living in our community. It's good to hear directly from the council members. I've been really pleased that uh, they've all expressed an interest in talking with us. Yeah. We learn a lot from them. They have definitely are, are supportive of biking and walking, so it's important to, to build those relationships. Clendenin has been doing quite a, quite a few improvements in our district, so let's check out the interview with Alan and council member James Clendenin. Hello. Today we're talking with Wichita Council Member from District 3, James Clendenin. We're recording this in mid-July at our offices. Welcome to uh, Bikewalk Wichita. And we're thank you very much for giving us your time. We're really looking forward to the conversation. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So can we begin by just having you introduce yourself? What what do we need to know about you as a council member and member of the community? Oh, wow. Well, uh, people make a lot of assumptions these days about me, <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, honestly, um, you know... I, I am a guy who uh, kind of stumbled into politics on accident, it seems like. Um, I uh, One day, working uh, in a factory, uh, running a, a machine, had a call from a friend and said, hey, we really think you would be great to run for office. Uh, please, would you do that? We, we um, hear that you're a great guy. And... Uh, I wanted to know where they heard that from because I hadn't been hearing that. <laughs> Joking, obviously. But, you know, they they um, got me into politics uh, probably because they didn't want to do it themselves. And um, it was uh, an interesting ride losing my first election, uh, learning a lot about um, the community. And as I started to learn more about the community, um, I thought local politics would probably be a much better fit than maybe the state level that I was running for, um, and uh, ran for city council and won, and um, that was in 2011. So, you know, you got this blue-collar guy who mm-hmm. <clears throat> really is just working paycheck to paycheck, you know, trying to, to make it for his family, kind of dabbles in politics here and there now all of a sudden is a community leader uh, in making decisions uh, on a much bigger scale. And so um, so that's a quick synopsis of how I got into um, politics and being a council member of the city of Wichita. Neat, neat. I wasn't uh, aware really of that that history. That that is quite a a transition (laughs) there. That was the Cliff Notes, Cliff Notes version. (laughs) So, of course, we're interested in biking and walking, but really, uh, Bike Walk Wichita, we're 
advocate for biking and walking as a way to make Wichita a better place to live. We're really yeah. interested in the in the neighborhoods to make it more make them more attractive and interesting. Is there some place in Wichita that you like to point out to people when they're visiting? Yeah, you know, um, now, right now, as we were talking before we came uh, live here, uh, Clatt Park is a great place for people to go. Um, you can be secluded in Clatt Park and feel like you're on the in the countryside and, and really collect your mind and your thoughts, or you can ride through on a bike and... Um, uh, get some amazing exercise. So if you're talking about Southeast Wichita, uh, that's probably one of the best places I would say for a, a great time to have a picnic or just, you know, get out, walk, bike, uh, throw some discs in the disc golf course that's there. Um, and soon it's going to be a place that city of Wichita will be investing quite a bit of money into helping develop some programming there. So, that's probably the first place that I would I would pick out um, as far as in my district. Uh, secondly, uh, the river. Mm-hmm. I would just tell people it runs right along one of the District 3 borders, and we have uh, a bike path that I advocated so we could connect the um, – Lincoln Street Bridge to downtown and some of the neighborhoods down in, in that southeast portion of Wichita didn't have that bike access up to as easily uh, to downtown Wichita and then through the Keeper of the Plains and, and just that whole area. Um, people are always on Facebook, always on uh, Instagram, always on uh, social media showing themselves down there wike- biking and walking uh, along the river with the keeper in the background. That's probably the most iconic uh, thing you can do in Wichita right now. Right. And it's, it's all revolving around biking and walking. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, actually, I grew up uh, <coughs> down at close to Pawnee and Broadway, oh, and the bike paths on the west side of the river went in when I was living down there many years ago yeah. and uh, uh, that was my break from studying absolutely and stuff I just get out on my bike and ride along the, the bike path there I loved it no it really is great and now um, the bike path some people thought it might have be might have been overkill to put a bike path on the other side but really for some of those neighborhoods over there um, and connecting actually an asset in the Lincoln Street Dam, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go down there and see people doing other leisure activities like using that uh, fish bridge and the in the um, uh, kayak pass that's mm-hmm. there. Um, <clears throat> just um, it was a, it really was a great thing to really start getting that neighborhood active and activated. That's great. So Bike Walk Wichita is fundamentally an advocacy organization. We work yeah. with the city council and the city staff and others to promote biking and walking. So as part of that, obviously, we, we want to find out more about how the city works and, and so forth. You're now one of the veterans on the on the city council after your your uh, first election uh, there. It's crazy. And <laughs> uh, nearing the, the end of your, your second term. What have you learned about city government and the way the city works uh, in that time that you that you think people ought to know? You know, I think um, people don't realize that the city council and the mayor are so accessible, really. Um, for my whole time in office, um, I and my fellow council members that I've served with over the years and mayors have really encourage people to get a hold of them. There's been a culture of trying to get out and meet with people and see what people's needs are. Um, And 
I really didn't realize that before I had really delved into uh, the job and realized that this is really, it was really a wonderful way for me to be able to get out and find out what people are really caring about in the community and then putting some action plans in place uh, to make that happen in, with city staff. And I think that's one thing that um, people don't realize. Um, people don't realize that we have meetings all over the city, all over, that you can come to. Uh, you don't have to. You don't even have to rely on having a phone to call us. We'll come to you as a council members. And so um, that's something that I really didn't realize, um, the accessibility to the public here in Wichita. And it's much more accessible than other cities. I will tell you, um, other cities really try to shield their elected officials from actually talking to regular people on the street. Um, we try to do things a little bit differently here, and we have for quite some time. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm aware that the uh, all the districts have uh, the district advisory board meetings, which are yeah. a little formal, but still you can, you can talk to uh, the council members there. And then most, if not all, have breakfasts or coffees on, right. on the set. When is your uh, first Saturday of the month? Normally is yeah, when from, my normally, uh, normally <laughs> right. we haven't had one since COVID. But um, you know, um, we also I also have fifteen neighborhood associations okay. uh, in yeah. Southeast Wichita. Um, some of them not meeting now. Some of them had just stopped meeting, and sometimes that number fluctuates depending on who and then. In the neighborhoods are stepping up to be leaders in the neighborhoods, but um, you know it's it's interesting when you go to those neighborhood meetings. You're getting raw feedback. Mm-hmm. You're getting people's perceptions of how the city is working, and you're getting um, people's perceptions of what's going on in their neighborhood. And you're getting to be very personal with people and on their level. Um, what they're dealing with and it's a wonderful thing it's very nerve-wracking um sometimes you get yelled at uh sometimes but it's so raw and it's so real that um i think that's probably the thing that i enjoy the most about doing this job great so speaking of normally uh, obviously one of the most uh, significant issues uh affecting the world, and particularly Wichita, is the coronavirus yes. and the economic effect of that. Um, in one of his latest newsletters, James Chung challenged Wichita saying, what if we took this time to truly change the trajectory of our city with new thinking, new priorities, and a new identity? We need a new strategy, some real change. Do you agree with that? Uh, what? Oh, my goodness. How do you disagree with um, affecting change, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting, when I was um, doing Cub Scouts with my son, I was a a scout leader and um, went through what's called wood badge training with Mm -hmm. scouts as their leadership development and went through and graduated through that program. And one of the biggest things that they talked about in that is uh, the ability to affect positive change and people's reaction to change. And uh, honestly, I've, I've had to deal with much uh, here in the city of Wichita when it comes to change and the resistance to change because um, it's very easy to say we need to change. It's very easy. And what do we change, right? right. Do we change things that are going well? Do we change things that are not going well? Um, how do you get people to agree on change? You know, that's a, saying that's one thing. 
putting it into practice and doing it, uh, it's going to take a community to do. Um, I don't disagree that mm-hmm. we should always be looking uh, to find changes that need to be made in our community, um, start community discussions around those ideas of change and move forward as a community. You know, um, we talk about change. Um, we were just talking about, and dare I talk about this, uh, the Douglas Street changes that people are wanting to to make. Um, you know, a lot of people are just gung-ho, love it. Uh, there's another big group of people that are just adamantly opposed um, bringing those sides together to discuss and to collaborate and find out what would work for mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. That's when you start making some positive changes, when you start collaborating and talking, um, putting ideas on the table. Um, you know, that's just one example of, of how I think something that changes the landscape but is showing some resistance, um, you know, it's going to be really a tough decision when that comes up, but um, collaborating with people to, to make that change. And honestly, Councilmember Claycomb and Councilmember Johnson are amazing at doing those things. They really are. Um, so with their leadership on that project, it'll be good. But, um, you know, change at Clap Golf Course was t- tough. Mm-hmm. You know, coming, mm-hmm. um, was it a change for the better? Now, I really do believe it was because now a whole community can use the screen space. Mm-hmm. Um, the change could have been really bad for the community. Um, the change could have been, you know, a developer coming in and, and putting up housing and taking green space away and not having that um, bike walk kind of area mm-hmm. to, to work in. We collaborated with the community. We found out what the community wanted, and we're making the changes uh, that the community is asking for, even though a large portion of the community was saying, no, we wanted to be a golf course. We don't want to change. Well, as we were forced into change, um, you know, being able to collaborate with the community, have community meetings, come up with a plan that helped the change be more palatable <laughs> for people mm-hmm. um, really seemed to be very effective. And so we're going to see something very positive out at Clap Golf Course because of that. Um, kind of rambling about change because it no, seems that's, like that's fine. it seems like everything we do on the city council revolves around change of some sort, changing ordinances, changing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, what people uh, can and cannot be doing on our streets, changing the way that we're funding projects. And um, it seems like um, uh, the more and more we get into things, the more and more change happens, the more and more uncomfortable people get. But um, I guess just to really sum up my ramblings uh, here on the, on the subject, I, I think um, Mr. Chung is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, how we go about that change and how we bring that change about um, really is going to make or break, I think, how we move forward okay. in the future. Okay. Well, you mentioned Douglas and you mentioned Clap Park. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit more about uh, both of those. Sure. Uh, so on Douglas, uh, you're right. There, there has been a, a lot of discussion of it, and especially now in the economic uh, environment we're in with the with the COVID, you know, you, that could be seen as just a, kind of a technical matter, just a matter of well, why do you want to be messing with the streets and so <laughs> forth right now? Don't you have better things to spend money on? But 
under the leadership of Councilmember Johnson, among others, uh, there was there been a, a series of, of, of meetings and so forth. In fact, there have been studies for the past 10 years or more, uh, studies and focus groups and consultants coming in and talking and everything. And all of those have been focusing on what would it take to make Wichita more economically vibrant, particularly right. the downtown area, because that is really the core of the city, not just geographically, but economically right. and, and, and culturally yeah. as well. And every one of those studies and, and consultants and every, has concluded, has recommended that we do something like uh, – the redesign of Douglas that was recommended by the stakeholder group last year. Um, they said they have consistently said that to do something like that would would help revitalize Douglas. It would help revitalize downtown and the city of Wichita. Yeah, it would bring more people to downtown. It would increase business downtown and so forth. Uh, and then there was the a, a stakeholder group formed last year that, that studied that, including people that were originally against uh, the, the redesign. And after listening to the consultants and the discussion, the, the group, I think, unanimously recommended the, the design with the, uh, the three lanes, the, bi uh, the protected uh, bicycle lanes and so forth. What, <clears throat> what does it take to uh, to move on uh, from, like I say, these innumerable, innumerable studies and, and so forth to actually doing something? Wow. Um, if I had the answer on this one, um, I could probably be a very rich guy. Um, <laughs> you know, um, interesting, when I first um, was elected to the council in 2011, they were just starting a discussion about this redesign. So we're talking eight, nine years ago. Now this is being discussed. Uh, was at a focus group. Um, we were all in Mary Jane Teal Theater. Um, had clickers. We were what? What do you like? What do you not like? They were they invited the public in. Anybody could come talk about you know <clears throat> uh, whether they liked or disliked ideas about um, proposed plans for Douglas. Uh, here we are. I don't know how many consultants later, mm -hmm. how many mm -hmm. more ideas and iterations later, um, but um, we're still talking about it. Um, I think because this change um, is so very dramatic for people, um, you know, I guess we can talk about East Mount Vernon. I know we talked about East mm -hmm. Mount Vernon a little bit. Uh, we went from four lanes to three. Had lots of concern in the community about doing that. Oh my gosh, you're going to cause traffic jams. You're going to cause you know us to back up and 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 study after study after study shows when you go from four lanes to three lanes with a turn lane in the middle, um, bike lanes on the outside. It really flows well. Gives more people transportation op options and it doesn't slow you down. Um, below the speed limit <laughs> it is designed to slow people down just to keep them in the, mm -hmm. in, the, in the in the posted speed limit and um I, i've got to tell you i've gotten no complaints everybody's ecstatic about the flow about the safety now um the changes that were made and so that that took quite a few years to happen I think 
when we translate that over to Douglas, if you were to go to three lanes, if you were to go to um, kind of some of the stuff that's been talked about, um, people are still going to be able to drive through. Um, it's not going to be congested. You're, you're going to um, put some areas for some sidewalk cafes, for people to bike, for all sorts of things that you want to see happening in your downtown. And um, it's just controversial. And so making it happen, um, it takes um, the ability for leaders to be able to kind of lead once we've gotten all the input, once we find out what the public wants, um, we lead in that direction. And you put a stakeholder group together. Um, I thought it was great that it was people that disagreed and people that agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could come to some sort of consensus about what really could happen down there um, to start envisioning what could be. Um, and when you go to other cities and you see some successful cities and what they're doing, some of these ideas are exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we're uh, uh, Wichita, Kansas, and people are resistant to change because um, they don't want to see something wasted. They don't want to see um, they want to see money being used in a prudent way. They want to see a return on investment, mm-hmm. you know, for those improvements. And I think you can show all of those things. Um, in this project, but um, I think you're right. Now it's time to make a decision. Right. Hope that answered your question. Yeah, I, no, I no, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your for your thoughts on that. Well, we've we you've mentioned Mount Vernon, you mentioned Clap. Let's go ahead and turn to to District Three uh, sure. for, for for a moment. So there are <clears throat> six council districts. Uh, I'm sure they all have their own characters and so forth what do you what do you see that's unique about district three you know i've always said uh on on district three is the melting pot of wichita it really is um you see all economic levels you see um the, the demographics age ranges um income ranges um races and cultures and it is just amazing uh the community we have um some more wealthier parts of of District 3 and some of the poorest parts of the city. Um, And so it really is a mixed bag of issues that you have to deal with. And uh, it really is, um, it can be difficult sometimes. That's why, again, being out in the public and hearing Mm -hmm. what each one of your constituency groups in your area are thinking is important. Um, uh, District 3, for me, um, as I've as I've the way I've gone about approaching it is turning District Three really into um, an opportunity zone. Now, I'm not talking about the one right. passed by the federal government, <laughs> right. but the whole district um, really putting uh, some building blocks in place so in the future people can come in and really see it as an opportunity for investment. You know, Wichita th- uh, um, in Southeast Wichita. It used to be thriving. It used to be the East Wichita of um, uh, East and West Wichita, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know how Mm -hmm. Wichita's grown East and West so much. It grew South and it grew North. And 
um, that was kind of the easiest path at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, Growing very far past the river out west was not doable until, you know, the big ditch, the Valley Center, um, actually I should call it the Mitch Mitchell floodway, uh, was put in. Um, East, um, kind of... um, uh, once you got to Hillside and, and those areas um, of town, it just kind of stopped the growth. At, and so everything went south and north. And in the, the um, late 30s, 40s, and 50s, a boom was happening in South Wichita. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get me rambling now. This is my <laughs> part of the city. But, you know, I, I the biggest thing I see that needs improvement in South Wichita, and this goes right along with biking and walking, is South Broadway. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to go south of Kellogg. Um, it's scary for people. And honestly, there's higher crime. Uh, there are uh, areas of town, that, of that part of the city, that really need um, a little bit of extra investment. We've been doing that in the roads um, especially. But it's such a huge project that it's really going to take, um, it's really going to take some vision. Um, I've been talking with a couple of people that are in the arts community about um, how we can possibly make South Broadway and the blocks just on either side of South Broadway turn it into an arts district of -hmm. some sort, Mm -hmm. um, providing incentive for artists to come down and and buy up properties and move into them and and start to really um, uh, make that part of town vibrant. Mm -hmm. And... um, uh, people ask me, man, how did how did South Broadway and Broadway in general turn that way? You know, and I've got kids, and if anybody has seen the movie Cars, it ex- it just exemplifies what happened on South Broadway. Mm. You know, um, the interstate came in. Right. You know, old Highway 81, which was the main highway through town, all of a sudden becomes uh, abandoned. You know, there are not a lot of cars driving up and down. The businesses go out of business. Um, you know, the hotels are being used for unsavory things because regular travelers are not just coming in <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to stay in them anymore. And it really changed the whole, speaking of change, it really brought some really negative change to the area. It economically depressed that area. Um, we have the, the convenience of being able to go other places, but one of the consequences of doing that with the interstate system, um, you know, happened the same. I mean, Radiator Springs. You know, I've got to call South Wichita <laughs> and Broadway Radiator Springs because mm. um, it, it really is. So what we need to do is do something that really draws people to that area. When you draw people to an area, crime starts to, to dissipate, you know, mm-hmm. your, the crime right. that you see there. So that's one of my big things right now is really touting South Broadway, trying to do something to clean it up. I really think the arts community has the answer uh, to that, and I think that would definitely allow um, people the ability to have a real great Northwest route, biking and walking Mm -hmm. and leisure. Mm -hmm. So, That's great. Actually, so you're uh, – I have – a number of talking points, issues that I wanted to cover. You keep covering them before <laughs> you just keep piling up. To, I say we're going to get to that. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about. You mentioned earlier uh, Mount Vernon, uh, the uh, and one of the things that Pikeville, Wichita, is celebrating this month is 
the fact that we now have that section mm, of yeah. Mount Vernon between Oliver and Woodlawn <clears throat> that have put in the, the, the bike lanes you, you described yeah. earlier. And that's, that's really a beautiful section of road. We really like that. The same thing has previously been done between Broadway and the, and the river. Yeah. And they're working on at least part of the section between those two now. Um, and, uh, well, the part from Broadway to K-15 is under construction. Uh, and then we have this segment from K-15 to Oliver, which I think is scheduled for in the CIP for, what, like 2022? Yeah. Do you think that's still uh, you on know, the table? I have stopped trying to predict when projects are going to be done in our CIP. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I think the original date uh, for Mount Vernon between Broadway and... Um, Oh, it is Broadway and Hydraulic, right? Oh, no, Broadway and K-15. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original dates for that to be done were, I think, 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. 2012. Mm-hmm. Economically, we had to keep pushing mm-hmm. that project back. We're now at 2020, and it's being done. Mm-hmm. Um, it took Mount Vernon, the part that we just finished, uh, and and did our road diet on um, it took boy I was talking about that in about 2012 because we had had some safety concerns some accidents a couple deaths and some car wrecks and so we really needed to slow people down to the speed limit in mm-hmm. that area so people could mm-hmm. um, be able to re- react better and so it's taken um, six seven years or mm-hmm. so to get that project. To happen, so um, when we have these lean economic times, um, it really um, te- seems to slow that down. We never really take them out because they're so priority, but they keep being pushed out. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and the, the the interesting thing was is that at the beginning of last year, we were really feeling, hey, we're going to have a surplus. You right. know, um, we've finished, we're finishing Kellogg. Um, some of that uh, sales tax money that's used through the county for Kellogg can now be used for maintenance and repair of some of our streets. Now we're seeing with COVID, we're running into 11 or $12 million deficit um, for next year's budget. And this year's budget, we're, trying, we're having to squeeze down too because those uh, income numbers are, are really... Uh, starting to um, dwindle. And so we didn't see ourselves in this position right. suddenly. Normally yeah. normally you can see a recession coming, yes, right? right. That, I mean, at least a few months ahead. and you can, it, it, it just hit us like a brick wall sure. in this case. And so um, knowing all of that and seeing where we are right now, especially, uh, it's going to be real difficult uh, to yeah. see um, when those projects are going to come in. Yeah. Um, it's so unfortunate because we were really on the cusp of doing some things in our infrastructure that were really going to be game changers. Well, we're, I understand that we are excited about getting it done. Love, love to get it done as soon as, as soon as possible. We're glad that the, the, the section between Broadway and K-15 is, is actually being worked on right now. So that's, that's an advance. We're close. And mm-hmm. with with the exception of I think between Oliver and Hillside or actually Oliver and K fifteen, that one section of road once it's done, you will have um, bike lanes from the river all the way over to Woodlawn, which is really great. Right now, <clears throat> with um, 
Mount Vernon being done, I think that you're going to be able to see a thoroughfare there. Mm -hmm. uh, although I think the biking opportunities are going to be somewhat limited on, on uh, Mount Vernon there. But uh, we're trying. We're really trying. And uh, I'm proud of the progress we've made in southeast Wichita um, on some of these issues for sure over the years. Well, thank you for the progress that has been made. Yeah, you bet. Looking forward to, to more. So let's let's talk turn to uh, talking about uh, CLAP that you that you sure. mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, is a, a fantastic green space, as as you've mentioned. Uh, I was personally uh, disappointed to see the golf course go sure. away, but yeah. I but I under, <laughs> but I understand the uh, the economics there yeah. and so forth, and I'm glad that uh, you know it is it is being maintained. What I understand. So we've hired you've hired consultants uh, for that. You've had some public uh, surveys and input on that. Do you have a feel for what uh, the plans are for for CLAP? I haven't seen the final uh, consultant report, but I, I do have a feel for kind of what the public wanted to see. Um, People have told me, you've kind of gone overboard with your public input, James. I'm like, no, I don't think you can really go overboard when it comes to a project this big, seeing what the community wants to right. see there. Right. Um, I want to give every single opportunity we can to show that we're being transparent through this process and that the public's wants and needs are being addressed. Um, you know, the, the golf course closing was tough. That was a tough thing to see. Um, once I knew that was going to happen and that really was inevitable, um, I really started turning my focus into how do we preserve the green space for the community? How do we bring in amenities that allows us to activate that space for everyone? Mm -hmm. You know, and knowing that that space kind of sits between two of the poorest areas of town, but in the middle of an area of town that is squarely middle class. Um, you know, there were so many dynamics of what we could do or what we should do. Uh, and so we think we had between 10 and 12 public meetings um, with stakeholders uh, in the community and just outside the community, people that use, would potentially use the space from school district to neighborhood associations. Um, I, th I think uh, the bike ped uh, advisory board also had some input mm -hmm. and um, we came up with a great plan. I put a citizen uh, steering committee together for that. Uh, I didn't want it to be steered by the city council or anything. We brought the consultant in who actually was uh, won the, the bid to do the final um, uh, final master plan for CLAP to put kind of a pre-plan together, you know, to, mm -hmm. to put the framework and the bones together for a master plan. Um, and uh, we came up with three scenarios, and the three scenarios have all sorts of things in it. Uh, the creek that runs through that CLAP park, um, we're going to kind of dam up in areas and, and um, make kind of reserve ponds and, and create some areas for some water activities, mm -hmm. um, kind of some mini lakes, a series of mini lakes in there for water activities, um, the possibility of having an amphitheater in there for public gatherings and concerts. Um, also, um, upgrading the, the bike and multi-purpose paths. Mm -hmm. If anybody's been in Clap Park, they know that those paths are barely wide enough for a golf cart. <laughs> and right. so, um, you know, 
making it so biking and walking is much safer and more mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, continuing to put uh, areas in there like a dog park and um, my goodness, there were all sorts of of things. Uh, possibly some light retail that is park related, so people can rent bikes. Mm-hmm. That people can um, you know get a cup of coffee or. or um, uh, something like that while they're in the park, mm-hmm. um, really kind of making this a gathering place uh, for people to just do some leisure stuff. Also, maybe some paid things, you know, maybe um, we put in a, a sky trail or some zip lines, mm-hmm. um, you know, over at um, uh, Watson Park. Uh, we have some paid things to do like mini golf and paddle boats mm-hmm. and um, also um uh, the train is a huge right. hit at uh, right. Watson Park. Yeah. So if we do some paid things, there'll be a, a very small ticket price, but they help sustain mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. some of those improvements uh, for the park. I think that we're going to have really a win-win situation down there. All right. So we're all in favor of uh, keeping that at, at, you know, as a green space, uh, sure. the, the, the biking and walking. At one point, I think I saw some plans that included some uh, some seemed like fairly major development or, or retail along you know, some of the corners and stuff. That seemed yeah. that that would really interfere with a lot with a lot of those plans. You know what? Yeah, you know there were. I think there was some confusion when the consultants originally brought out the ideas of things. So when we started talking about what could CLAP be, they just brought out ideas of things that have happened around the country. Mm-hmm. And so they showed some really intensive development on the edges. Mm-hmm. And um, though that may be a good idea um, in some communities, our community said absolutely not. Okay. Um, they said, we want to keep the whole thing green space. If anything's done in there, it needs to be park related. That's why I say some light retail, okay. you know, stuff like, mm-hmm. um, well, like you had a like you had a pro shop in the golf uh, right. okay. um, clubhouse, you mm-hmm. know, just so some very light retail that allowed people maybe get a, some light food, um, some equipment repair and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, when they're using the park. Um, but, um, you know, people want to be able to get outside. They want to be able to enjoy the outdoors and have things to do. And, and Clap Park, I think, is just going to be the catalyst for a wonderful quality of life um, amenity that people have not seen um, in that part of Southeast Wichita for quite some time. Oh, great. Okay. So... In preparing for our podcast, uh, I usually do some research into uh, sure. the, the people that we're interviewing and so forth. Uh-oh. So I, I, uh, <laughs> don't Google me right now. Don't Google me right now. I looked now. into your to, to your background a little bit, and uh, as you described your uh, your election, your your process to running for the city council and so forth, you just seem like a very down to earth guy that that focuses on. Simple things that yeah. that that have a, a big impact, uh, and uh, sort of along that that line, one of the groups that uh, you've endorsed uh, is uh, Soci Life. Which, I'm so glad you and, brought them up. And, and the Absolutely. neighbor neighboring movement that grew out of the South Central yeah. uh, neighborhood, which is I said is the area that I I grew up in, so I'm very very familiar with that. Yeah. 
they describe themselves as a nonprofit that works to connect people with their neighbors as a way to help restore the social fabric and health of our neighborhoods. Yeah. And you said that you hope that uh, their program spreads to other neighborhoods throughout, throughout the city. I do. Uh, that it would transform <clears throat> Wichita for generations to come. It would take pressure off of city budgets and allow us to put our resources into uh, public safety and quality of life. Absolutely. Uh, and we very much, uh, that very much aligns with, with Bike Walk Wichita's yeah. uh, focus and, and, and purpose. Um, you said that it can take some pressure off the, the city budget, but as you were describing earlier, uh, talking about South Broadway and so forth, it seems that there are also uh, ways that the city can focus its budget better yeah. uh, to help out the, the neighborhoods. Uh, yeah. uh, that uh, I, as we read in, uh, we have have a book club, uh, and one of the books we read was the Strong Towns. Uh, yes. Check and yeah. And what he says is that if if, if you focus on the small things, yeah. uh, and and focus on the neighborhoods, that it will create an incentive. <clears throat> for people to invest in their neighborhoods. Absolutely. Uh, so it seems like they like say that uh, the, the city budget, uh, although I understand the, the point about it taking some pressure off the city budget, but it seems that the city city budget can be used in essence to prime that uh, that effort at the neighborhood level as well. Do you yeah. see that? Oh, I absolutely do. Um, and I, I've put, um, I've, um, set a great example in, in that direction. You know, we had some Hyatt money uh, mm-hmm. from the sale of the Hyatt uh, that uh, was is being used or has been used for projects around the city. Uh, I took part of my um, Hyatt funds. Um, each council member had a million dollars to use, you know, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the way that they um, saw fit. I went out to the community um, and asked the community what they wanted to see done with that money. But one of the things I thought was really important was exactly what you said, is that we should use that money in a way that not just did some one-time projects, but use that money that would transform generationally you know, our communities. And Life was one of those things that I gave a grant to because I feel like that money was being, that their program was being successful with the little money they had mm-hmm. in And the stories I was hearing coming out of some of these neighborhoods about neighbors getting to know neighbors, neighbors helping neighbors, Mm -hmm. finding out what the social capital was in those neighborhoods, um, and taking that social capital and using it in the neighborhoods to really uplift and make those neighborhoods um, uh, really – turn into more vibrant places, places where people wanted to live. And so it really is for them about getting to know your neighbor and, get, and, and actually being neighborly and, um, and finding those talents and those things in those neighborhoods that people can use to help one another and, um, you know, just in helping one another really brings some meaning even to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the stories coming out of Soci Life are just amazing. Um, and uh, it's a group that I absolutely agree um, could transform. If their, if their program could be used around the city, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to start uh, teaching people techniques and putting an infrastructure in place uh, to really... Um, 
to really uh, find out what that social capital is, find out what people's talents and interests are in the community, those could be used um, uh, really to um, transform this city. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that really bothered me at one time, there was a survey that came out and said Wichita was one of the least neighborly cities in the country. It just killed me to hear that. But I started paying a little bit more attention to to that and found out that, yeah, I didn't know my neighbors and I never saw neighbors really getting out and talking to one another like you would. There's no more porch sitting that goes on, right, mm-hmm. uh, like it used to. And so um, people are so interested uh, in uh, just providing, which is great. I mean, you need to be interested in providing, but they go to work. They come back home or they may run errands and then they get home and then they're cooking dinner. They're doing homework. They're getting kids put to bed and then they're passing out on their own beds mm-hmm. trying to get just a couple hours of sleep. You mm-hmm. know, for the, And so um, it's just kind of a vicious cycle. And um, I think if we as a community can slow down just a little bit and think about taking just a little bit of time to getting to know our neighbors and to being kind to one another and to um, really um, uh, focusing on our communities in this way. I think, um, I know, I've seen it. it. It really could transform Wichita. So I'd love to see programs like that. I'd love to see the city of Wichita invest a little bit more in some of those programs. Um, because I do think on the other side, you're going to see less crime. You're going to see uh, less social services needed um, because people are taking care of people inside their own neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So speaking of you know, the city in, investing in it, um, our mission is to make Wichita a more livable, accessible city by making biking and walking uh, safe and equitable and appealing. We really believe that communities that encourage biking and walking Mm -hmm. are stronger economically and socially. They're safer because neighbors are out meeting each other and so forth, and they're healthier. People are out more active and so forth. And we've seen that a lot in uh, in this present crisis. Uh, the the COVID, uh, we've uh, seen a lot more people out uh, walking and biking. There's really been an explosion, especially in biking, but but also in walking. And I think it has emphasized just what I said, that uh, people are uh, out meeting their neighbors uh, more. They're out walking in their neighborhood. Uh, they're getting more activity. Uh, and when they do that, then they're more likely to shop in their neighborhood, to go to neighborhood uh, uh, restaurants and, and, and that sort of thing. So in terms of the city's role in that, to the extent that they encourage those kinds of activities, uh, they can help make that the city stronger and, and safer as well. 
No, I absolutely agree. It's amazing. So about a year ago, um, I lost about 40 pounds. I was I was doing a lot more biking and walking and, mm-hmm. and really getting more active. Um, I've unfortunately lost some of those gains, but we're working on getting them back. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing that I found um, as I got out and walked more, as I got out and... Um, interacted with my community in that way the things that I noticed that I never noticed about mm-hmm. our city um, made me very proud actually um, of the things I was seeing people do uh, things that you would notice um, but also it also helped me see things that needed to be changed um, it helped me um, see some of the infrastructure issues up close Mm -hmm. and personal things that I needed to address. Um, I think that it was, it's very important uh, for us to do exactly what you're saying. And if there's a silver lining through all of the the issues with COVID is that maybe people are getting outside um, and being more active and um, getting to know their city in a more personal way. Mm it seems to be one of the activities that's the safest to do, right? You're out in the open air, the wind, you're not, you can easily social distance. Um, and um, so I want to encourage people to continue to do that. Um, but don't be oblivious, really pay attention to what's going on around you. And I think you'll, you'll love your city more and you'll want to get more involved in things going on in your city. Great, great. Well, really have enjoyed the, the conversation. Thanks. Thank you. Unfortunately, I think that means that I've gone a little bit further, longer than, <laughs> than, than I planned, but okay. uh, I really have enjoyed it. It's been, been great. Uh, so go ahead and start to wrap up, following up on what you just said. What, uh, what can uh, citizens do to help improve uh, Wichita? Oh, wow. You know, um, it's a tough question because there are so many ways that you can. I would say the first thing, get involved in a neighborhood group. You know, um, I I promise some of these neighborhood groups aren't only just people that like to complain. You know, these are people that want to make their community better. And they get together and they they discuss issues and they come up with solutions. I think that's a great way. Um, Get to know your neighbor, like you said. Uh, Do the simple things. Do the small things. um, Things that don't take a lot of time. Um, And then, um, you know, be engaged um, with your elected officials. Um, we want to be out there. We want to talk to you. We want to hear your ideas. Um, but more, more, more than anything, uh, I really want to encourage people just to take care of themselves. You know, um, we are so busy working and trying to make life happen, and I'm guilty of this recently, so this is a big deal for me. Um, take time out for yourself. Uh, I think right now one of the biggest things we're seeing through COVID uh, is a mental health um, issues with people that are are cooped up. Our suicide rates are going up and those sorts of things. Um, Not to be a downer at the end of the show, but, you know, take care of yourself. Go out there, bike, walk, get out in the open, fresh air. Um, You know, get to know somebody that you would never normally get to know, uh, get to know somebody that has an opposing view uh, than yours and get to know why they do. Um, Take this opportunity uh, to really better yourself um, and take care of yourself. Uh, If you need to, take an extra nap. Uh, 
you know, uh, go to bed a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, also um, you know, do some of those things that really help uh, with mental health as well and getting to know people and, and talking to people, conversing, biking, walking together and doing things. Um, I think uh, that's the biggest message I'd love to leave with Wichita's. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you if they yeah. want to communicate with you what's the best way to do that well I'm not giving my cell phone number out okay. because I can't get <laughs> no really um, jclendenon at wichita.gov um, you can go to wichita.gov and get any council member or mayor's email address um, 268-4331 is the council office number you can call the council office and set up a meeting or just leave a message to get a call back I will tell you we get so many calls and so many messages sometimes things slip through the cracks so call back we want to talk to you um, we most uh, each one of us have a neighborhood assistant um, you can call our neighborhood city halls um, my neighborhood assistant is Maddie Campbell she's amazing she actually makes me look way better than I am uh, she's full-time and and she fields the calls her number over at uh, the Colva neighborhood city hall um, is um, oh three zero three eight zero three zero. So you can get a hold of Maddie there. Uh, she does so many things on my behalf. Um, she lets me know what's going on. She lets me know issues she's handling for me. Um, uh, but uh, we really do want to help people, and so you can get a hold of us in a variety of different ways. Um, uh, we really try to be accessible. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much for your for your oh, time my pleasure. and for this your great. thoughts. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This month's volunteer spotlight is on Brenda. Everyone knows you got to keep Kim happy, and nothing makes Kim happier than an organized storage printer room. That is so true. And Brenda did just that as the first volunteer to help in the office since the reopening this summer. Brenda put her organizing talents to good use. Tables were still covered with materials from the before time. Piles and stacks were getting out of control. Brenda came in and worked steadily over several open office days to cull the clutter, box the not now stuff, and present our materials in a nice, tidy fashion. How do you like that shelf in there? Oh, I love it. And I'm excited because we got the brand new Kansas bike maps and a lot of new resources in. So perfect opportunity to make space for those new resources. Exactly. We just got some stickers that we know where we'll probably put those on that shelf. Well, so Brenda has become one of our regulars at Bike Walk Wichita since she first volunteered with us at Riverfest in 2015. Uh, Meetings, events, bike valet parking, if she's in town, she'll help. The fact that she gets to travel and ride a lot means she's not in town as often as we'd like, but we're always glad to have her positive attitude and get-it-done mentality. Thanks, Brenda. And if you'd like to volunteer with us, we got opportunities listed online on our website. Through the summer, we're especially looking for people who to help get the word out about Bike Walk Wichita by taking our billboard trailer out of around town. It's a fun way to get people's attention to share our info. Hey everyone, Amy here. I have a really exciting event I want to tell you about, but first, we got to talk about our Members Plus. So Bike Walk Wichita has a Members Plus program where it's a one-time donation of $25 or a a monthly uh, $10 a month monthly donation, and options go up from there. 
So our members plus uh, support us financially to kind of help keep the lights on, keep the organization going, because you guys, if you don't come into our headquarters at 131 South Laura, it's really hard to explain all the different things that go on there. Of course, we talk a lot about recycle and um, getting bikes, free bikes to kids, having the earn a bike program, the build a bike program. We have all of those things going on with our recycle we also have classes that we're trying to move virtually. We have our walks and our rides that we're trying to keep going, even with social distancing and all that stuff. We have our podcast. We have our advocacy, which our advocacy team is just, there's so much to keep track of and trying to help give our, our elected officials some information and support on knowing that biking and walking infrastructure is really important to Wichita, especially now when folks are losing their jobs. When you're in a really tight spot, a bicycle and public transit are super important. And we want to be sure that those things are available to people and that there are places to bike, places to walk. Uh, every time I go to the grocery store, I see so many more people walking to the grocery store lately. This uh, pandemic is really impacting people people's lives. We need to be sure that our advocacy team is well supported in this and keeping our mission and our goals for Wichita to make Wichita more bikeable, walkable, and equitable for all users of the road and all users across Wichita and really Sedgwick County. It's super important to keep Bike Walk Wichita to become a Members Plus and keep us funded, keep our lights going, keep our staff able to support our volunteers. We've had to be very creative with the uh, social distancing aspect to have our volunteers try to do some things from home. We have a few volunteers who are able to repair bikes from home and then bring them back in and available for us to give away. So we're trying to be creative, but creativity doesn't always pay the electric bill or pay rent or things like that. So that's what Members Plus is for. So go to bikewalkwichita.org and uh, sign up to become a Members Plus. You really want to do that because we have this fantastic event, online event scheduled for October. And it's actually going to be three webinar sessions. The first one's going to be October 3rd. And just to give you, we are going to be having some commentary and recap sessions on the Giro d'Italia. If you like racing or really just kind of want to learn more about professional cycling and racing, this is going to be the way to get involved in that. So on October 3rd is going to be the first opening stage of the Giro d'Italia in Italy. And we're going to have a Zoom web conference with two local racers, and we're going to discuss the stage. We're going to do predictions for the race. We're going to kind of be, you know, fun and ask our local racers how they would have won the stage and um, take questions from you, our members. And you need to be Members Plus to take advantage of that. So, Please go back to our webpage, get signed up. Please support us. This is something that uh, we want to be able to do and engage with you in just kind of a fun, light way and um, as a way to say thank you for being a Members Plus. Like I said, three sessions. The first one's going to be October 3rd. 
The second session is going to be somewhere in the middle of October. They haven't really, the JIRA hasn't really released when their rest day is going to be, but we'll do one, you know, somewhere around the October 8th, October 12th, somewhere around there. And then the last stage of the Giro d'Italia is going to be October 25th. So we will do a third and final Zoom session then to check in with our local racers, get their thoughts on the Giro, talk about the highlights, and also just talk about what you see with biking and, and that sort of thing at the professional level and how that kind of compares to just biking around town. You know, I I can't wait to kind of just see what if a local racer went to the grocery store and what would that be like? So we have a lot of different things that we could have fun with. And this is a great way that we can say thank you to being a Members Plus and thank you for supporting Bike Walk Wichita. And we want you to be sure that you enjoy this event. So join us for the Giro d'Italia recap sessions. Get signed up to be a Members Plus and stay in tune with Bike Walk Wichita. Thank you. So hopefully you have seen our uh, Bike Walk Love campaign around. We've been sharing it all over social media and our communication channels. It's been great to see people having uh, a chance to say thanks to city leaders. We have a forum on our website that you can send an email to selected city leaders, including the city council and heads of some of the departments. And it's been a nice way for residents to be able to say thanks, but in a lot of ways too, make some comments and suggestions. And what's been nice is we've seen some replies back from the city council, even one, no, the streets Mm -hmm. replying back to one specific person about their specific question slash complaint. And so that's good to see. I know I've been uh, overwhelmed, you know, just by seeing how many residents have taken action and taken that one minute or so to send that thank you email. And so I've, I've really enjoyed seeing those emails and, and the responses come through. Uh, Now, you know, is especially an important time to be sharing your favorite bike ped project and telling them thank you. Uh, Right now, they are looking at budget cuts and reprioritizing projects um, due to COVID-19 and, you know, some of the other budget gaps that we have. So letting them know what we value and and where we want to walk and ride and and get outside, you know, is, is extremely important right now. That's the important part of advocacy is being able to help the residents, help our friends and neighbors here share what's important to them. And if the city council only hears complaints and the negatives, then they're not sure things are working. And we've seen a huge change in our community in terms of access for biking and walking. And so letting them know that we appreciate that. And it's been fun to see the range of people, lots of people I don't know. And so I'm glad to see that a lot of people have been able to take that chance. Yes, and really helping our council and staff and decision makers understand that we're not just talking about concrete or paint. Uh, You know, these are changes that really change people's lives and their daily commutes and uh, helping them, you know, enjoy a safer commute across our city. So uh, I think it's really important to explain that and kind of help highlight that. So that Mount Vernon project, I don't know if you've been on uh, Mount Vernon between Woodlawn and Oliver. Um, That's really a key uh, project, I think, for us going forward, because I think that really demonstrates, just like what you were saying, it's not just paint on the road. It's it's that, but it's some of the other things. And it's a bit of pride in a neighborhood. 
Um, I remember hearing the neighbor was talking about how proud she was that the crosswalk had the dots for her low vision uh, neighbors. And the, the whole thing just really looks nice. The new paint, new signs. Um, and that stretch of town and section of town needed it. So we were able to say thanks to that. We have a hashtag mile to smile about that Mount Vernon uh, mile that's been done. So if that's one that you enjoy, you can say thanks to the city council for that. As we move into fall, uh, we are I'm excited that we are definitely adding more outdoor rides, walks, and events. It's great uh, to see people again uh, yeah, kind of come nice back to be out. Outside, getting out, moving around more. Especially this. with the outside, you know, being safer. Uh, I think that is definitely uh, where we're heading, uh, you know, with Bike Walk Wichita. We are also including a lot more virtual classes. So make sure you check out our uh, calendar and... Uh, Follow us on our Facebook page or Instagram so that uh, you can see what events we are adding. Of course, uh, you can continue finding places to explore uh, by visiting our website, our Facebook page, and Strava Club. Uh, We are posting virtual routes and stuff for people to enjoy each week. And if you are looking for self-guided walks and rides, you can always download our free Bike Walk Wichita app from Apple or Google Play Store. Well, it looks like our time is up. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you learned a few new things about Councilmember James Clendenin that you didn't know, and some different ways that you can connect with Bike Walk Wichita in order to really increase and improve biking and walking here in our city. So thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Thank you to Jack for joining us, for Amy for the interview, for Alan and James Clendenin for joining us, and to Christian, our producer. Uh, we really appreciate all that you do to make the magic happen. Uh, if you would like to hear future episodes, you can subscribe to us uh, through Apple, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you find your favorite shows. Of course, as I mentioned, we couldn't do all of this amazing work without our local business sponsors. And uh, as our city opens back up, please remember to shop local and support these businesses. Palmer Physical Therapy for Women, they are back open and ready to help you live your fullest life. Truck stuff, you know, they can install all those hitches, get your truck ready for all those adventures. They installed my hitch for me. Thank you. Medis is, of course, keeping us rolling with their delicious food. And, of course, we couldn't do it without our Bicycle Peddler, Bicycle Exchange, and Heartland Bicycle Shops for all the support uh, they do, you know, for biking and, and advocacy Uh, for decades so we really appreciate all of their support and then of course visionary print Uh, we couldn't do it without you for our podcast videos and marketing needs so don't forget family care associates i was just gonna say if by chance you're also looking for a fabulous physician uh we could not (laughs) recommend one higher than those that you'll find at family care associates so definitely check them out Uh, they are here to keep you well Thanks uh, to everyone and to the huge increase in biking and walking. It is just so exciting to see our growing network of friends and everybody. We actually uh, breached the 6,000 followers on our Facebook page uh, last month. So super excited to see all our new friends. Uh, Welcome and can't wait to see you out around town. Bye-bye.